All right, this is big episode 40. We are in the new and improved studio. Um, we are talking about time management today. And ironically, um, we are about an hour late to what we plan on starting. We, we plan on starting about uh, six o'clock and it's currently 7.30, so an hour and 30 minutes late. So I guess this is a well-needed topic for both of us. Yeah, I don't know if we're even qualified to be talking about this. <laughs> but I mean, let's, let's jump right into it. I mean, I think like from what I've learned, like one of the easiest ways for you to waste time, like as being like involved in business and like, school even is like emails and like you can literally hop on an email and like you can overthink what you send if you don't know how to probably send one you'll be like okay this is a this is going to my professor this is going to a potential um employer of mine and i'm like overthinking everything i say but i feel like a lot of people will try to overcomplicate emails but it really it can be really simple if you make it simple and yeah yeah i agree and i think another like one of the biggest things about emails is it, they just constantly are coming into your inbox throughout the day and it serves as something that distracts you, right? You can be working on one thing, you hear no, you hear like an email notification or you see one pop up, you instantly go over whatever you're working on, totally interrupted, you go send an email, then you come back. It's just, it's, it's ruining your, your, uh, your time productivity. Yeah. Whatever your time management. <laughs> and so, okay, I'm focus, curious. That's what I was so what's something that you've done like in the past that you used to manage emails and you used to do this, say A, and now you do B instead. And why is it, why is it different? I think I, I used to do exactly what I just said. Um, really no like filter on when I can see my emails, when I respond to them and like going forward. And this was mainly due to um, probably deep work. This book right here is where I mostly pick this up is just like setting aside um, making sure that you're not just constantly checking emails throughout the day, right? You need to have some times where you, you can't have that distraction constantly moving you away from something more productive or like set aside some time to say like, hey, when I wake up from 6 a.m. to 6.30, I'm going to open emails and respond to them and then I'm not going to do that again until 1 p.m. And that will make like such a tremendous difference because in that time in between those blocks, you'll be able to get a lot done because you're not being constantly dragged over to your inbox. Right. And I, I think what you just said there, blocks, is going to be like a big theme of this whole um, podcast and this conversation is because blocks are powerful. And because if someone is listening to this and they don't know what blocks are, it's basically just set aside exactly what you said. You set aside a 30 minute, maybe even 15 minutes if you're responding to a few emails and you set aside that 15 minutes where you just attack that task of the day. And in your case, so you wake up, it's 830 and you just answer all your emails that came through overnight or maybe that you didn't get to in the morning. And then you set another, another time slot, maybe 15 minutes in the afternoon from like two to three or something um, where a lot of people are, a lot of people are responding to emails from like 9am to like two 30. Um, so that's a good, a good time to check after people respond. And then you can check it one more time in the evening um, before you put your computer down. And, and it's such a powerful like hack. And I think most people don't realize it. And another hack actually um, for emails is actually the time send. Um, so actually this past weekend, I was thinking about sending emails to people and it was a holiday weekend and I was like, okay, most people aren't going to be on their computer. Um, they're probably with family and whatnot. Um, so Thanksgiving is what I'm talking about. I guess this is coming out tomorrow. So it's all relative. Um, but I was like, okay, well, I'm going to send all these emails out and I really shouldn't send out emails cause they're not going to respond for two days and maybe they might not see my email. It's not gonna be at the top of their inbox. So actually I, this is the first time I think I've ever done this is I actually scheduled to send the email on Monday morning at 8 AM. So this will not only help me just manage my time and be like, okay, I have some free time on Friday and Saturday. If I schedule the send to go out on Monday, that person is likely going to see that at the top of their inbox, which means one, they're going to respond faster. And two, my answer is going to get, um, my question is going to get answered a lot faster than if I didn't schedule send it. To be honest, I've, I've never even used that feature. I'm not even sure I knew that was a thing. I guess it makes sense that it is, but 
I'm, I'm gonna have to look into that. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite the tool. Um, and I think there's a lot of things. I mean, this goes with like you can apply this to like emails, and you can also apply it to like texting. Like if you're on your phone right now, and you have a lot, a lot of texts that you send out, whether it's friends, whether it's leisure, it's it's work or what whatnot. You're still you're still spending that time on your phone. But if you do the exact same thing that you do with emails and apply it to text messages, you can do the exact same thing. Hundred percent. I think like round and round, it all comes down to. And this is exactly what Cal Newport talks about in this book: is emails, text messages. It's it's what it's what he refers to as shallow work, right? And that's not what you want to be spending your time doing because that's not what is productive. That's not what is like meaningful. It's easy, and it. It doesn't like, like the easy stuff is what's, it's easy, which makes it easy to do, right? Um, something like reading an email and sending and responding to it, you're much more likely and you're going to want to do that more than starting a big project. Um, and it's important to like recognize that and like employ things like blocks to really set aside time to say, hey, I'm actually going to start and tackle this big thing I need to start. Right, right. And I think something else I want to touch on, like importance of shallow work and the difference to deep work. So things you can do in shallow work, you can really take advantage of like other um, inputs. So for example, a podcast right now, imagine you wake up and you have to do some emails and you have a 30 minute block set for, for doing some emails, some busy work, some shallow work is, is what you just defined it as. And you can literally just plug on a podcast and it'll be in the background. You might learn a few things, but you can also focus on the emails. It's not something that like you have to zone in. It's not like reading a book where you need your full attention and there's a lot of distractions, but you can actually figure out like things that either you could play some music too. If you, if a new album dropped um, at a, from an artist you like the previous night, then you play on some music and you answer some emails. Like what better feeling is that to listen to your new podcast or your new music that comes out while you're just answering some emails. You're going to be a happy person if, if I say so myself. That's a good point. And I feel like the mention of al artists dropping albums, it'd be a good time to shout out our friend from local local area, Kevin Powers, dropping his, his debut, his first album on uh, this weekend. So you guys should check him out. Okay, awesome. He's performing in Miami, right? He is. Okay, that's, yeah, that's, that's big. So, okay, so next we want to hop into like deep work. And I think deep work, it's, it's kind of like everyone has their own sense of deep work, I think, because there's tasks that people can do and they kind of been on autopilot for deep, like for their deep work, um, which makes it shallow work. But then there's other tasks that people don't know how to do. Like, for example, like if you're, if you're responding to emails for the first time and like, you don't know what you're doing on emails, it's going to take you a minute to actually get in the rhythm of doing emails. But once you actually like practice all the uh, techniques and stuff to responding emails and you know how to respond really fast, some techniques, I think deep work, um, talk, talks about, um, that I do want to get into, but I'll put a, put a pin in that, like, uh, like some movies say, but, uh, um, the more you practice something, the more it's going to turn to shallow work. So deep work is something that you really want to invest your time in. So say you want to start a business and you have to do a bunch of research and you need to focus all of your attention on this one task. And that's what deep work is for. Um, but it can also be multiple tasks. Like there's, there's times where, okay, yes, you might, you might have a four hour block of deep work, but say you want to and do some research on a business the first two hours, but then you have some homework you have to do the next two hours. So you can still you can still carry over that deep work into other tasks, um, which I think is super important because once you, it's all about momentum. And like, once you get started on something then it just carries over and it makes um, other things a lot easier to do. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I think one of the important things about um, accomplishing deep work and kind of making a deep work block is you need to make sure that you can keep yourself in, in that deep work, right? You need to, as, um, James Clear says in Atomic Habits, like make the bad habits difficult. So for example, when I, when I like set aside time to like do deep work, 
like my phone is like zipped up in my book bag and my back my backpack's like out of reach um i like close all my windows except for one tab where like all the stuff i'm doing is open and then it like it's almost like once you get started like it's so hard to like switch and do something like check email or check your phone that you just keep going and it's so rewarding and you're like not as encouraged to switch back to say like checking a message yeah yeah i really want to double click on that point you made about like the friction and like make tasks that you want to do really easy and make tasks that you don't want to do really hard so for example i mean i think we were talking about this um in our a previous episode with ben and he was talking about how um he would uh, all of us are guilty of it of you wake up and the first thing you do is you look at your phone and you just lay in bed maybe for 20 minutes maybe an hour maybe even two or three hours some people um i've probably done that once or once or twice um recently so that's just something that you don't want to do in your life. You wake up, you want to, you get started in the day. So what you can do instead of just waking up and looking at your phone, maybe it's on your bedside table. What you can do is, is just put it on the desk and maybe it's like 10 feet away. And that makes you have to stand up, walk over to the desk, maybe when your alarm goes off and then you're a lot less likely to just fall into that habit of, Oh, let me hop on my phone and just scroll social media or whatnot. Yeah. And I think, I feel like we just, we're throwing so much, so many like strategies at the listeners, but um, I like, when I, when I first started doing the phone away from the, the bedside, like, that was probably the hardest habit I've ever had to break. Because, like, when you get in bed, you're on your phone for, like, two hours watching TikToks, and then, like, you start to get sleepy, you go to bed, you wake up, you do the same thing. Like, it was a really hard habit for me to break. Um, but once I did, and once I kind of, you know, got out of, like, wanting to do it every day to where, you know, I, like, to now, like, I have my, my phone all the way over by my, my door, like, every, like, before I go to bed and when I wake up. And it's like the amount of time it freed up. Not only that, but my sleep increased tremendously. I like I did not know that was what I didn't expect that to happen when I first started that. I was just like, oh, like I'll be more productive. Like I won't be wasting so much time. I guess like, and it makes sense because like um, the blue light right is is bad. Is it it like ruins your sleep cycle? But I would just I would get like the same amount of sleep, but it would be so much more quality sleep. And that's that's one benefit that I just I didn't see coming and has been like even more profound than the actual productivity. Yes, yes. I And what you said about like when even the fact that your phone is just further away from you, the quality of your sleep improves. And actually, I was reading this book. It's called Why We Sleep. And they were talking about studies of they actually compare like people and they they took two groups and they had people that would hold their phones on a bedside table right next to them. And they would put actually these brain scanners on them and they would measure their sleep. And then they would take another group and they put their phone in the living room, a completely different room. And they measured the brain scanning of the brain scans um, of the people that had their phone in another room. And the people with the phone in the other room had like significantly higher REM sleep cycles, which is actually insane to think about. So even the fact that your phone is right next to you, even if it's on do not disturb and it's not turning on, it's not making any noise. It's still your body's aware that it's near you. So it's causing stress and it's causing you to think about it more. And I think another thing that I think is really cool is like cool to think about, not actually what what takes place. But like when you do wake up, like you were talking about, you just get in this habit of of checking your phone every time. And there's been proven it's proven that like when you pick up your phone and you're scrolling social media, your brain is actually giving off dopamine, which is an addictive chemical. And so if you wake up every morning and you hit your phone, you're going to train yourself to keep looking at your phone. It's going to be you're going to it's really just a habit. You're reinforcing your action of grabbing your phone and scrolling social media. So the more you do that, the more habit, the the bigger the habit is going to build and the harder it is to break it, which is insane to think about. Yeah, and to make an even worse part of that is 
when you're when you're like on your phone more, which is um, generating more dopamine from that, and you need more of your phone to generate the same amount of dopamine. Things like going outside and getting sunlight or like exercising that doesn't have as much of an effect, and you're you're getting less dopamine from that, and you're more encouraged to say scroll social media or um, watch TV, which is just that's t- terrible for your health. Right, right. And dude, we're killing this podcast, by the way. I'm I'm loving this really, honestly. Um, but another thing, like also we were talking about friction and, um, another hack, just you're creating that friction, literally distance away from something that you don't want to do. But then there's the other side of it where you can minimize the friction of something you do want to do. And actually some task that after reading deep work that I started doing and I haven't not done it since I'm obviously, well, let me explain it first. Then you'll know what I'm saying before I went to bed every time. Um, like I would always use the restroom and every time I was like, okay, I need to use the restroom. That was a habit that I already built up every time before I went to bed. But another thing that I like to do before I go to bed is brush my teeth. And I would have, sometimes I would have these moments where I was like, okay, I I forgot to brush my teeth and I'd be in bed and I'd already be in covers. I'd be like, oh shoot, I I didn't brush my teeth. So what I did is I forced myself anytime I thought of using the restroom before I went to bed, I would pair it with brushing my teeth. So every time I brush my teeth, I use the restroom and I have not failed at that since I started doing that. Uh, See, this sounds are you saying you simultaneously use the restroom? No, 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 no. It's like a, it's like habit stacking. Okay, so okay. any, I was, I was making sure. No, yeah, that's, no, that's a good, that's a good, that's how it okay. That's a good distinction right there. Because if I was doing that, that wouldn't be very, uh, sanitizing. Um, no, yeah. I, anytime I do one action, I'm like always thinking, okay, let me do this instead. I, if I go to the bathroom and I'm like thinking about, oh, I got to use the restroom. I wash my hands and I'm like, oh, I got to brush my teeth too. And that's just, that's just the idea of what habit, habit yeah. stacking is. That was my next question was, are you washing your hands <laughs> in between those? Yes, I am a sane person that washes their hands and uh, doesn't pee while they're brushing their teeth. <laughs> but no, yeah, habit stacking is so powerful. And I think that's another thing that I like there. So you read some books. I'm kind of going off on a tangent here for a second. But you read some books and there's some like things that are like general themes that you kind of like they resonate with you. And there's some things that you literally like I'll read and I'll say, OK, I'm going to literally take this out of the book and put that exact same thing to use in my life. And one of the things that he talked about um, in, uh, I think it was Atomic Habits, was like, and when he was talking about habit stacking, I think he mentioned, um, and I might be messing this up, but he like cooking and then immediately washing the stuff you cook with so that like to like pair the two together and then you don't have to worry about washing them later. Um, so like every time I cook, I like I'll get the, I'll get my dishes, whatever, it'll be like on a plate. And I'll force myself to like wash the pan or whatever. And then like the whole time when I'm washing it, I'm just thinking about how good that food is going to taste, which like motivates me to do it. And I, I like, it's almost like I don't even care about like, cause washing dishes sucks. I don't even care about that anymore because I'm just thinking about how good the food is going to be. That's, that's a fair point. I wouldn't agree with your, your statement of washing dis- dishes suck. Um, I'm more of a person. I wash dishes and it's kind of like relaxing to me because when I get the task done, it's kind of like, it's kind of like rewarding. It's like, okay, I did this task. It's kind of just like busy work. Like, I don't know. I find, I find like satisfaction in like really simple, busy work. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just someone who loves, love, like loves to vacuum or like sweep in the house. And if I walk into a kitchen and there's a bunch of dirt on the floor and I've, and I sweep it up and it's clean, I don't know. That's just something satisfying. I, I'm probably not most people out there that um, feel that way, but that's just how I relate. I mean, I can, I can kind of see that in the part where like, after I've swept the floor and it looks clean, like that's rewarding. But the process is, it's not for me. Right, right. Okay. And also another point, um, transitioning here, we are talking about transitioning between activities. Did you catch that? I did. <laughs> okay. Catch that. Okay. So one thing, Sam kind of touched on this earlier, but um, I think we really need to like emphasize the point is when you're switching like from deep work 
to shallow work or from shallow work to leisure. Say you're watching TV and you're like, okay, I'm watching the morning news. I don't watch the morning news, but anyone who does or anyone who's watching Netflix or something, you're watching it and you're like, okay, I have to do something at 10 a.m. Um, after I finish Netflix. The, if you just like, if you're just watching Netflix and you turn off TV and you get up with twice and go try to do some work, it's going to be a lot harder for you to just hop into that activity. And you really have to like your brain is in different states. Like when you're watching Netflix, it's really relaxed. You're not focused. It's just very calm. But when you're trying to do some work, you're you're switching your brain into a different state of mind. So what you need to do is figure out it really can be anything as simple as like doing push ups or just any like like um, key in your life that when you're switching from one task to another, it'll s tell yourself that you're switching tasks and your brain will get trained to realize that you're switching tasks every time you throw something like doing pushups um, after. Yeah, that, that's a big one. And I think I, I mentioned how they're like some of those things that you like directly take out of a book. And another one that I just remembered um, from Atomic Habits was he mentioned how he was having the problem of like watching TV while he's in bed, which also like ru ruins your circadian rhythm and like it's hard to fall asleep because you like you're awake from watching TV in the blue light. But but yeah, so I was I saw that and, and the thing he said was he would unplug his TV and like put his I think he just I don't know if he mentioned anything about the remotes, but I was like okay that sounds like a good idea. So what I did I unplugged my TV and I put my remote remotes like behind the TV. So now when, if I get in bed and I have the urge to watch TV. I'm already in bed and I'm not going to go plug my TV back in and go get the remotes. So th that actually worked pretty well. And now that I think about it, there have been a few times where like I have like, like uh, uh, broken that temptation or whatever. But if I take the batteries out of the remote, that would make it really difficult. <laughs> see, you see what you're doing? You're creating friction, dude. That's, that's honestly a perfect um, example right there. Also something else that remind me of actually is kind of like, I didn't really think about it until like this podcast right now is like, uh, when I'm doing a workout and I hate doing core, I mean, who, who likes doing core, but who, who does core? Okay. I do core. Um, and the way that I do core is like, say I'm, say I'm doing legs for the day and I'm doing some, a chest workout or something or triceps. Um, did I say legs? I said chest, right? I think you said you do chest triceps, everything okay, except okay. legs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I said legs. I didn't, I didn't remember what I said, honestly. Um, but if say I'm doing a workout and I'm doing three sets of something, but I know that I, I have to do core after and I want to push myself to do core. I'm going to start doing core when I finish like my second set of doing that chest workout. So that gives me that momentum of working on the core. If I, if I bang out my second set and I know I have another set of chest to do and I go over and do a core activity, if I'm just laying on the ground, I do some scissor kicks or something, it's tricking my, it's telling my body, okay, you're about to do some core. It motivates me to do core. When I finish that last set on the chest, my mind is already like, oh, I, I already started core. I might as well finish core. And that is, that's just a way that I've like trained myself to be like trained in two ways to be, to be more ready for core and really just do something that I want to do in life. I feel like you can apply that to a lot of things. That just made me think if you're someone who's hearing like habit tracking, you're like, I don't want to do that. Think of it like a superset, right? You're doing one good thing and you want to immediately associate it with another good thing and like do it right after another. You just create a superset. That's a good point. Superset. You can superset anything in your life. I mean, like I superset brushing my teeth and using the restroom before I go to sleep. And speaking of set, I think it's important to set apart your different locations, <laughs> <laughs> the different locations that you like do your whatever you do throughout the day. Right. So I think I, one thing that's really important is, for example, like where you work on homework and where you watch TikTok on your phone. So if you if you do your homework at your desk, but you also watch hours and hours of TikTok at your desk, that that's really going to mess you up because you don't have 
your mind doesn't know like the difference. It doesn't know if you're going to your desk to do homework or to watch TikTok. So it doesn't know if it should like get you into the. It doesn't know if you should like be trying to focus or be releasing dopamine or whatever. And that that really that really creates another distraction, another hindrance in trying to get things done. So it's important to like for example, what I do is if I'm at my desk, I'm doing homework or something. If I want to go do something else, I just I leave my bedroom and I go to like the couch or I go like do go somewhere else and that that also is something i noticed that really helped a lot yeah that's a great point i feel like a perfect example of that is like when you're in bed and like you lay in bed and you're comfy you go under your covers you should train your body to realize that that's sleep and you should fall asleep within 10 20 minutes if you're sitting in your bed scrolling through tiktok and you're releasing dopamine your body is going to have a hard time falling asleep when you just set your phone down on the bedside table um so that just really emphasizes your point there um and i think really what I want to dive deep into here is something that I'm really into is like um, managing your phone and like some hacks that you can do on your phone that allow you to be productive and manage your time well. And I think just relating to the sleeping for now is the one we'll, we'll kick off this um, little these little points here is just like when there's this um, feature on your phone and this kind of this kind of like sciencey, not really a pr time management, but there's this um, thing on your phone where you can set your phone into um, like sunrise and sunset and it it turns your screen brightness down. So it reduces the blue light that comes off your phone. So obviously when the sun sets, your phone is going to lower light, which will tell your, your brain and your eyes will read it and it'll be like, okay, the sun's going down and it's probably time to go to sleep soon. And how this carries over into time productivity is the better sleep you get the next day, you're going to be a lot more alert. You're going to a lot, a lot more focused. You're not going to be fatigued. If it's two, two in the afternoon, three in the afternoon, you're going to be a lot focused. And that's where it all starts. It all starts from sleep. And I guess to add on to that, another benefit would be if if you're seeing the the brightness go down and it's you're telling yourself it's time to sleep, maybe that will result in less time spent that night on your phone. That's a good point. Okay, and then another um, hack that I, I I don't know if we've touched on it on this podcast before. I feel like we just talk about it a lot, um, so maybe that's why I think that. But like setting time limits on apps. So think about like I I really like some people would probably be surprised if they go on their time management or the, their screen time and they look at how much time they spend on TikTok, on Snapchat, on YouTube. And really, if you look at that every day, you're really going to realize, OK, I really need to cut back on the amount of time. Like add up, say you spend an hour on th those three things that I just said. That's three hours of your day. Imagine how much you can accomplish in three hours of your day. So a way to really make yourself more aware of that is put these time limits on your phone and you go in, you set screen time. You can set 30 minutes on TikTok, 30 minutes on Snapchat, 30 minutes on whatever number. Obviously you want to start with something that's manageable and then you work away up. Like atomic habit says, you don't just want to like delete TikTok when you're on it for two hours a day. But that's, that's another hack that I, I really think is underrated and a lot of people don't um, appreciate. Yeah. I think like, that's one thing I've been doing for a long time that I've really noticed. Like, like I've gradually gone down to the point where a lot of my time limits are like essentially zero. Um, and, and I think on the topic of like, like things, one thing that I've done for forever that I never really like even think about anymore is I have my notifications off for like Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, which has been like so powerful because there's nothing like one of the, like in terms of like picking up your phone and opening it, like a Snapchat notification, like a, a DM on Instagram, like a message on TikTok, like that is so like your mind just instantly like you want to open it. You want to see what it says. Like if you have those off and you don't know what's there. Like that's another thing that will just tremendously make you more productive. Yeah, that is a great point. And like the more notifications you get, the more you're just going to build that habit of picking up your phone. Let me see what this next notification is. Pick it up. Next notification. And even you can turn off like vibrations like on your phone, which I think is kind of I've never tried it because I usually keep my um, phone. I don't know how I would. I don't know if there's a setting where you can turn off vibrate for certain apps. I really don't think there is. So if Apple, if you're if you're watching this right now, 
Um, you guys should make a setting where you could turn off vibrations for certain apps because I know like I want it on for my phone. If someone calls me and it's someone that I usually, when you talk to someone, it's kind of urgent. So that's why I want to keep it on and other apps I can't keep it on. Um, go ahead. So there is, they actually do have that. Okay. And this, I get made fun of this all the time. I have my phone on do not disturb 24 seven, but I have in my do not disturb. I set it so that like phone calls, any phone call from anyone in my contacts, um, or, or a second call from a, a number, it comes straight through, or uh, a message from anyone in my like priority list, that will also come through. But it, doesn't it still keep the do not disturb? So like, that's, I think like when you're, when, when you're on your phone though, like do not disturb like blocks like banners from coming down, right? Not, not if it's a phone call. Oh, okay, but like, I said it okay, way. so yeah, so I, I guess I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of being be like, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of being like particular with, with this setting, but uh, um, no, another setting also is um, one thing that I just, I just recently started doing this was you can actually create different home screens for certain times of the day. Um, so what I actually did is really recently, and I, I haven't turned back since is I took all of like my distracting apps. So like I have like YouTube, um, I have like uh, Snapchat, like um, a game that I have. And I put all these like groups of apps on another page. And then I have really all productive things like um, text message. I'm not on iMessage, so it might not apply to everyone that often. Um, but like Safari, like um, clock, timers, um, just really basic like things that I can use um, to keep track of my time. And what I do is I turn off, I, you can swipe down and just click focus. And that's what I have it titled on. And it'll t get rid of that second homepage that has all my distracting apps on it. So when I swipe down and I press focus, it'll silence all the notifications from that. It'll get it off my screen. So I can't even, it's not easy. I'm creating that friction between hopping on a game, hopping on Snapchat for, for 20, 30 minutes at a time. And the only thing, if I ho open my phone, I only have one page that is things that I can't waste my time on. And it's, it's mostly productive apps that I have on that page. I didn't, I did not know that was a feature. So that's, that's pretty cool. We're, I guess we're both learning things in this episode. I think um, we've, we mentioned deep work and atomic habits a lot. I think those two and the book in front of Kyle, which is a uh, 12-week year, I think like those three books, I read all three of those, which Kyle lent me all three of them actually. Um, I read all three of those in like quick succession, and those were three books that really encompassed like exactly what we're talking about, like time management, productivity, and they just made like a tremendous difference in my life. And in terms of 12-week year, one of the things that they, that they really stress that um, it made a difference is like writing down goals, right? In the past, I would I would say like, hey, I want to, I don't know, I want to be able to run a four minute mile. That's obviously not a goal of mine. Um, but if I want to do that, and then I would just think it right, and then days go by, you forget. Oh, I want to run a four mile, more minute mile, don't I? I should probably go do something. Writing that down somewhere, like for example, I have all my goals written down right at my desk. So every time I'm at my desk, I see them, and that makes such a big difference because you're constantly reminded of it. You constantly see it. You constantly see, oh, wait, this is what I want to be working on. Okay, let me work on it. Right, and that transitions right into, like, when you're, when you're planning your day or you're planning your week, you're going to know what goals. Like, if you, if you look at your goals every day, like, what do you want to accomplish in life? Like, if you really think big picture, okay, I want to I earn six figures in my lifetime. If you see that goal, you're going to be like, okay, I need to figure out how to make money. I need to be smart with my money. I can't blow $1,000 on some video game or obviously it wouldn't be $1,000. I mean, some people do blow $1,000 on those, uh, the V bucks and the tokens in the game. So maybe that's not false. Um, but you, when you, when you see those goals and you go and make your calendar, whether it be weekly or daily, which is something I think we should get into is like just planning your schedule out. Um, is like, you're going to see that. And every, 
hour of your day, you're gonna be like, okay, how, how high is this goal? Like if I prioritize, prioritize something and I'm only spending an hour of my week on this number one goal that I have that I really wanna achieve, then I'm like, what am I doing? I need to put more time of my week. There's like 168 hours in the week. And if, if you're trying to achieve things in life and you're only spending a couple hours a week on that one top goal or those few top goals in your life, then you're not gonna get to them. And it's gonna take you a lot longer than you want to. And I think another point, like 12 week year, I really think people don't understand, like if you really just take the time to like schedule out your day and like be focused and productive and just push yourself to the limits, you will be very surprised on what you can accomplish in a very short amount of time. And most people think, oh, I can't do this. It's gonna take five years, it's gonna take 10 years. But really, if you put your mind to something, it, you're gonna get it in a lot faster time. This is why it's called the 12 week year because you accomplish things in a year's that some people think would take a year's time in 12 weeks. And obviously they give you a little 13 week, which is something that's also really interesting. So I really recommend both of these books. Um, but it's just, it's super underrated what, and people don't really realize how much you can really like accomplish things in life in a limited amount of time. Yeah. I'm kind of realizing just how long we could probably talk about this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think another benefit of that is accountability, right? Um, seeing that, seeing, Hey, this is what I'm supposed to do today. And then you later that night, you say, or maybe later that day, um, you're like, wait a second, I, I'm still, I haven't gotten through this. I, like I said, I was going to do this and I haven't done it yet. And you're constantly reminded that, hey, I'm not doing what I said I was going to do. Like, and you see it and you say, okay, I'm going to do it. And it like, but if that wasn't there, you probably won't do it. Right. Yeah. And it just adds another level of being able to check yourself and motivate yourself. Yeah. And I think it really, it, it, I'm in a psychology class and uh, my professor is, uh, she's a mom of two kids and. She talks about how gold stars are an amazing thing for her five and like six year old, seven year old kids. And they're like, they give they give them a good a gold star anytime they do something good. Every time they finish their vegetables, they give them a good star. And that carries over into real life and career. Like the more accountable you are. And I think this, we really are right. Like we can literally talk about this stuff forever because anytime I say something, I, something else pops up. But like when you keep account, like when you keep accountability for yourself, then you actually have a measurement of how far you're going. And when you realize when you're doing something over and over again and you see yourself do it 10 days in a row and you have 10 check marks or 10 gold stars, if you're a five year old, then you're going to see that and you're going to be motivated to keep doing it anymore. And you're not going to want to break that streak. So say you want to do three hours a day or three hours a week towards some business or some side hustle that you want to start. If you check off and you, you hold yourself accountable and do that every three weeks, it's going to be a lot easier for you to keep that habit um, once you just get it in place. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think. Um one thing you said earlier was kind of calendars and planning out your day. And I think that's important to dive into, like you said. Um, one thing that really made a change in my life also was just like a little schedule planner, um, which, I mean, I guess for a couple reasons. One, just being that it helps me stay so much more organized, like knowing what I need to do. Like I can just instantly look at it and say, okay, this is what I have next. And I don't have to go look through an email to find a, a Zoom invite or something like that because I have it constantly written there. And the same works, obviously, for, like, my, my Google Calendar. Um, I think I think it was Sean a, a few episodes ago said his Google Calendar is literally just a rainbow. Like, and I, I kind of thought about that. I was like, wait a second. Like, why am I not putting everything in my Google Calendar? And now my Google Calendar is just a big color bucket. <laughs> um, but, no, yeah, I think, like, especially having that and then just things – just not just for the organization of maybe you need to know like what you have or like you may forget something, but also just saying, okay, here's what I wanted to do today. I'm going to do it. Right. It really is that simple. Like if you, if you set out your day or even, I like to do it weekly just cause 
it's kind of better for me to think that way. Um, some people like to do it daily, but like if you set out t Tuesday, you have like three meetings and you have a bunch of stuff, A, B, and C that you want to do. If you set out that time to do those things, you're going to get them done because you're going to, you're going to be focused and you'll be like, okay, I got a task to do. And then I got B task to do. And then I have a meeting and then I have to transition back into C task. And you're going to have that planned out and it makes it so much easier. And you're not going to be stressed out about, oh, I don't have enough time to do this. I'm worried that someone might call. I think this is brings up another thing is like a, um, when you do have to reschedule and when you actually are planning out and something breaks up that schedule. And I think it's really important to like prioritize things. And so when say you have a B and C task and someone calls you and they're like, Hey, your kid needs to be picked up from the daycare or something, something dramatic that needs your attention. Obviously you're going to have to prioritize that. And I think you need to take that same attitude of, okay, realizing yes, someone's kid might be more valuable than them completing some spreadsheet. You need to take that down to the smallest increments possible. Cause if you really think about every task you're doing and how much are you prioritizing a certain task over a certain task, do whatever task that you think is going to be more beneficial to you and really think about that because the more you think about it, the more like progress you're going to make in life and the faster you're going to reach those goals. And it may even be in a 12 week year time, which is, which is kind of the whole theme of this. <laughs> yeah. I think when it comes down to it, like all of productivity and time management is just like a game with your mind. It's just like, that's like what all these, all these books have in common. What they talk about is like, you can put these specific habits, these specific um, blocks into place to trick your mind into being productive. Um, it doesn't have to be some intense battle. Like, you don't have to be, like, constantly saying, I'm going to get off TikTok. I'm going to go start this. Just go put your phone in another room. How much harder is it to be on TikTok? A lot. And then, boom, you can work on that thing. Right. I think you really just have to think, like, what do you want to accomplish in life? And, I mean, if you're satisfied with scrolling TikTok all day, and you want to do that your whole life, like go for it. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But like you should really think about like, okay, if I really want to achieve this in life, then I really need to get my, my life in straight. I need to like order and have some structure in my life on how I get to these goals. And I mean, we've been rolling for like almost 40 minutes now and I feel like we could talk about this forever. So I really highly recommend like everyone read these three books. I'm sure there's other ones out there, but like 12 week year, deep work and atomic habits. Those are all three that I've read. Sam has read them too. And I think we're all big fans. Can you think of any like other books that are like that? Um, that um, you know of? I, not that off the top of my head, no. Yeah, but seriously, because, I mean, like, we're going over a lot of stuff right now, but, like, make sure you read the books because there's a lot of knowledge and um, benefits that you can get out of reading this stuff. Um, I think, like, back to what I said, and you kind of corrected about TikTok, was, like, obviously there are certain cases where it's, like, being on TikTok is totally okay, like, if that's what you want to do. But also in the case, like, <laughs> like, I used to, like, be big into TikTok and, like, try and make TikToks, like, I had to be on TikTok because all the stuff I made was like like trendy or whatever. So I would like constantly be looking for like whatever was like trending on TikTok. Um, and I would base my content off of that. So there was like almost an excuse to be on TikTok. And, but I think the real problem was that it's really easy to stay on TikTok. You know, I'd be, I'd say, okay, I'm going to find a audio. And next thing I knew, I spent an hour just looking through funny TikToks. <laughs> yeah, I think that's super important too to touch on like because there's obviously a lot of creators out there that are like on there. They have to be on TikTok. They have to be on social media. They're making sick over six figures on social media nowadays, which is insane that people are doing that Um, in this day and age. Like it's just changed so much. Like you talk to people like that are older than us and they're like, what? You're making that much money on a social media website or something. And like that's still your job. But like you were saying, like you can still be 
you still be delicate about how much time you put towards that. And if you're scrolling through TikTok looking for a trend that's different than, okay, you're just scrolling for fun and you've been doing it for an hour and you have three other things that you're, you're supposed to get done today. So it's, it's all about finding that balance. And it's like, okay. I, also, another balance is like, okay, obviously you shouldn't be focused and schedule every single minute of your life, even though I think it's a good place to start is like if you really push yourself to schedule every minute and every day of your life, then you'll realize, okay, like my time is really valuable. And you'll look back and be like, oh, I, I take an hour on TikTok after I have breakfast in the morning. And you're going to realize, okay, I spent an hour. Maybe I shouldn't do that. And I think that's a really a great place to start. That's what I personally first did is literally I scheduled after I read like these two books, I literally took out my calendar and I just literally tried scheduling every single minute of my day down to the sleep, down to like every single little habit I had. And it really makes you appreciate like every like minute that you have and like what, what you want to do with your time um, every single day. Yeah, I think another tactic um, on the topic of social media is if you are on social media, try and on the on the platforms that this relates to, try and curate your following, right? So, for example, Twitter is what first comes to mind to me is like I could be following, I don't know, like <laughs> I don't even know because I'm not on that <laughs> side of Twitter. But like everyone I follow on Twitter is either like has information that I like want to slash need to. That's probably not true um, that I like that directly benefits me um, in a way that I believe it benefits me or is like purely informational and betters me somehow. So when I open Twitter, I don't get uh, caught in something like a video of a cat. <laughs> if that's what's on Twitter, um, I like, I'll see something that is like informational. And, and a lot of times it'll be like how to, it'll be like a thread. I hate threads, but it'll be like how to make six figures. And I'm like, why am I on Twitter? I, I should be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It does keep you kind of motivated. Actually, you said you saw a cat. I was scrolling through my Twitter, which I try to do the same thing. Um, I saw like a video of some, it was a big, big python. It just like was in a trap and they, they killed the python in the trap or something, which is something crazy. And I don't know how that showed up on my page, but it did. I don't know how cat went to python, but I guess it, both on Twitter. Okay. Well, pythons probably would eat a cat. So that's what I was, and it was on Twitter. So it's fair. Do you have any like one, any people that you follow, whether it be for time management um, on like YouTube or Twitter that you really look up to and like see like, okay, yeah, they're good people to follow. I think there's probably a lot of people on. I, okay. So I was going to say, I don't really remember anyone off the top of my head. Cause I probably follow a bunch. I have this bad habit of anytime I see something that I, in, that I liked seeing, I like bookmark it and then I instantly follow the person. So that's totally irrelevant, but I will say Mark Manson um, on Twitter. Great follow. He wrote the subtle art of not giving a fuck which I have yet to read, but it's like, it's, everyone says it's a good book. So I believe him. Yeah, <laughs> that's he, on my list. He is, he is great. He, his account is great. Um, James clears is pretty good too. Who wrote atomic habits, but YouTube I'll say, uh, so Nicholas crystal, he, he's a great, great guy to watch. Um, he posts like, for example, he, I think his most popular video was like a dopamine detox, um, which is really cool. And he posts like a lot of stuff about how to like get control of your life, how to like be productive, things like that. But his videos are like almost entertaining cause he's, he's a really good editor. Um, better ideas, kind of similar. Nate O'Brien, kind of similar. They all just talk about like habits to employ, how to like be more productive, how to take control of your life, how to be successful, stuff like that. Right. And another person um, that came up off the top of my head, he kind of took a break. Is I think his name is Dave Avella. I think I might be butchering that, Matt. but Matt Avella. Matt Davella. Davella. It's some, something that rhymes with what it's I just said. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's also good. We'll probably put those the names in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I think it is important um to realize like 
there's these people and there's so much information out there. This is like the theme. Like we talk about this all the time. There's so much information to really leverage your, like use social media to your advantage, use the internet to your advantage because there's so much information out there and it's, it's all out there. It's just waiting for you. Like just go do it and look up. Okay. How can I better manage my time? Like if you don't want to read a whole book, literally go on YouTube time hacks to better, to be more productive, something that simple. And you just watch maybe a 10, 20 minute video and you might learn something new. It's like, hopefully people listen to this podcast, learn something new. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this just sounded like us saying like, oh, why aren't you doing this? We're so good at this. Like, I, like that's not the case at all. There's so many bad habits that I still have that I'm trying to break. And a lot of these habits that I have broken in the past took months or like some, I had a habit, like multiple habits probably took me years to finally break. Um, and even, even after that, occasionally I'll, I'll fall back into it and then stuck in the same position again. So I think just identifying a few things that, um, you need to fix, you know, say, okay, maybe I do spend a little too much time on TikTok. Okay. I'm going to go set a time limit on TikTok for two hours. If you spend three hours, try cutting into like two hours, two and a half hours. And then after a few weeks, you, uh, you stop like running out of time. You're like, okay, I can push it a little lower. So like start with the, like a s identify one habit or bad habit that you have and try and fix that. And then from there, maybe find another habit or really destroy that habit when maybe you just kind of fix it a little bit. Dude. Yeah. That is actually amazing. This is episode 40, which is a big episode. And we are still talking about compound interest, which is actually insane. And you think, oh, compound interest, I can only apply to investing, but it's literally, you can apply it to habits too. Like Sam was just saying, like you start with something small, start with simple, simple, like, okay, putting your phone on your desk instead of your bedside table, then put it on in your, in your bathroom instead of um, your, your desk. And like, you just build up and then soon you'll be looking back and be like, wow, I really scrolled, scrolled on my phone for an hour when I woke up every morning. Like I was wasting so much time and, and. Sam, also just to touch on your point, like none of us are perfect here. Like we're just trying to share what we've learned and what we know that works. And hopefully you guys take something out of it and you guys get better out of it too. Cause um, that's really what this is all about. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's been an unfortunately long time since we brought up compound interest on this podcast. So yes, <laughs> it has. I think we made a pact like to say it every episode. I'm pretty sure we failed that. Um, but yeah, this was a great episode. I mean, we, we've had a big string of like guest episodes, but just me and you, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I think anyone who's made it this far, if there's any of you out there, um, like comment and let us know what you think of the audio, the video, because obviously we're in a new location. We're lucky to be here, um, and we want to know what you guys think. All right. All right. Shout out RF. Um, they're nice. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys watching. And, uh, yeah, hit up the comments so we know that you guys stayed and watched this. It would make us feel really good if someone's <laughs> commenting. We watched the whole thing. That would really make our hearts burst. Like, you understand that would actually make my whole day. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll catch you all next time.